It's the show where Hawaii's newsmakers come to talk and to take your questions live. From the nation's capital, to Honolulu Hale, from the state legislature, to the fifth floor, we bring the experts to you and ask them what you want to know. Spotlight Hawaii with Yanji Denise and Ryan Kalei on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Aloha and good morning. Thanks for starting off your week here with us in Spotlight Hawaii. I'm Ryan Kalei Suji. Yanji Denise actually has the next few weeks off on vacation. And so you're stuck with me as we lead uh, through some of the conversations over the next few weeks. Of course, we here at Spotlight Hawaii spotlight some of the issues that are impacting our community. And this morning, we focus our attention on the city budget and head over to Honolulu. Hale, where joining me now this morning is Andy Kawano, Honolulu Budget and Fiscal Services Director under the Blangiardi administration. Thanks, Andy, for joining me this morning. Yeah, good morning, Ryan. Thank you for having me. You know, we actually had a conversation uh, last month. The mayor uh, brought you into his interview, and so we got a kind of an update on the budget. And so we thought we'd take a deeper dive to talk about some of the issues and some of the things that you're tackling with right now as you formulate this budget. But before we begin, I'm wondering if you can give us just a broad sense of where we're at in this budgeting process and how we got to this point uh, for those who may not be familiar with the process of how this budget is formulated uh, after the mayor presents it to the council. Well, first of all, I, I think it's important for everyone to know that the budget process is an annual process. So as soon as uh, the budget for FY24 is, is adopted by council, and we're hoping that adoption happens on, on Wednesday, we do the third reading on Wednesday, we essentially start the budget process again come July, July 2023. Um, for the following fiscal year. So we're actually gonna be focusing on getting instructions out uh, in late July, August, that time frame, to start the FY25. So the July 1st, 2024 through June 30, 2025 budget. And um, you know, we, get, we receive feedback from all um, city agencies, typically by September, uh, our budget team and their analysts pour through the budgets ask questions. And typically in the November, December timeframe, we include the managing director, deputy managing director, uh, the department directors, uh, and we go through the budget um, proposals by department uh, and, uh, you know, kind of comb through everything and, um, you know, uh, work to get to final budgeting numbers. Uh, in about uh, late January, our real property assessment division will uh, certify uh, the real property tax assessment for the upcoming fiscal year for FY25 in this case uh, that I'm talking about. And uh, we finalize um, our real property tax revenue estimates at that time. And we um, pull together final budget numbers uh, in the early um, February timeframe. At that point, we work on our communication plan uh, you know, the two budget books, uh, the operating budget book, executive operating budget book, and the uh, capital improvement projects budget book. The budget books get finalized, get posted on March 2nd, get distributed to uh, council. And uh, typically within a week, we do presentations uh, by city department or city agency. And uh, the, the uh, directors present their department budgets to council members uh, in a public forum 
uh, in a, during a special committee on budget meeting and answer questions. Uh, so we answer questions at that time. Uh, and uh, the, within, a, within about a week and a half from that point, all of the council members submit to the uh, budget committee head. We, we call that person um, uh, the budget chair. And currently it's uh, Radian Cordero. So they would submit to the budget chair their input as to amendments to the budget. Um, budget chair looks at the amendments and puts together a proposed draft, um, council draft one. Uh, that council draft one gets reviewed during a um, follow-up um, committee on budget meeting to have um, public discussion about uh, the amendments and, and along the way, anything in the budget. And then we go to full council uh, for the um, second reading at that time. Oh, I'm sorry, the first reading. And we go through the process again, same process, and we uh, get a, um, a um, second council draft. Uh, and typically in about the April timeframe, that draft goes through another uh, full council meeting and uh, goes through uh, what they call the, the second reading. And uh, we go through um, more public uh, discussion. We answer uh, council questions. And then uh, typically in May, there's, there's um, discussion on specific remaining issues. Uh, and we uh, typically work to uh, get to you know, the third reading that will include floor drafts by council members to make final amendments to the budget. So it's, a, it's an annual process. And uh, it, um, you know, we have a department that, um, or division, excuse me, of budget and fiscal services that primarily focuses on um, you know, the budget on an annual basis. The division is broken down into two groups. We have a um, CIP and revenue group. Uh, and then we have a, um, you know, the administrative budget group that focuses on the operating budget. So, so it's let, an annual process. Yeah, let's sort of focus on where we're at right now in this process uh, and some of the discussion, specific things that, you know, with council members finding agreements over some of the suggested changes to the proposed budget as it stands right now. Uh, you know, this includes, uh, you know, a, a tax credit, a one-time tax credit. I know that there's some discussion about what that could include. Uh, there's also some discussion over how much money for CIP remains in there. What are some of those final um, agreements that need to be finalized in, coming on Wednesday? One of the big issues this year as we entered into the budget process was, was the fact that, uh, you know, we had um, going into um, FY23 large property tax assessments. So that was discussed. And uh, we had a second year of larger assessments in general um, for FY25. So we, you know, every December 15th, we send notices out to uh, taxpayers on Oahu under property tax assessments. And this, the, the past December 15th of uh, 2022, uh, we, uh, we announced a second year of larger uh, property tax assessment increases. So one of the things that we had to do was uh, think about, okay, uh, you know, there's, there's significant concern by the public. Uh, you know, what can we do immediately to provide relief? And, uh, you know, the mayor decided on, as you brought up, Ryan, to um, provide a one-time uh, tax credit uh, to get some relief started right away uh, for the upcoming um, fiscal 24 year, which is uh, which starts on July 1st, 2023. Uh, and uh, we proposed a um, $300 tax credit 
for to people that live at home that have the homeowner's exemption. So that's about 152,000 parcels uh, of, um, of um, you know, homeowners, related to homeowners. And uh, we, uh, we propose that um, in the um, floor drafts that we've been looking at, uh, the uh, council members are going to propose adding a little more to that, $50 more. So we're going to get up to about $350. And, uh, you know, at that amount, a tax credit of $350 equates to an additional homeowner's exemption of $100,000. So, you know, depending on where you are, you know, in terms of the value of your property, uh, if you're a homeowner, let's say at the average, a million dollars, having a a $350 uh, tax exemption is equivalent, I'm I'm sorry, tax credit is equivalent to having an exemption of $100,000. So if your tax increased 10% over the prior year and you were at a million dollars in the prior year, uh, hypothetically, uh, you would have been at a million one. Uh, that that extra hundred thousand dollars would be, uh, you know, removed by this uh, tax credit. So you know, the relief would get provided, you know, immediately. If you're in a condo uh, and uh, you have a homeowner's exemption on a condo that's worth, let's say, six hundred thousand dollars, and let's say the condo increased by um, your assessment increased by ten percent, so sixty thousand dollars you actually would have a reduction of your um, tax assessed base uh, to an amount below $600,000. The uh, one-time credit um, will allow taxpayers to get, uh, you know, tax relief uh, down to a minimum of $300. So there's a $300 minimum tax that everyone would pay, but, um, you know, the impact, you know, could be significant depending on your situation. And uh, the mayor kept the... um, the tax credit flat because the thought was people that live in uh, homes that are not as um, um, high, you know, in terms of the assessed valuation would get more of the benefit. Those that live in uh, multi-million dollar homes will get a smaller, you know, impact, you know, from, from the credit. And, uh, you know, the thought was um, we help those that are most in need first and, um, you know, we moved ahead with that. So that's where we are right now for the tax credit. For yeah, um, you know, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. If we can just stay on this tax credit uh, for yes. now before we maybe go back into some of the other portions of the agreements that are being uh, managed and discussed with this budget right now. Uh, you know, the last time we spoke to Chair Waters, uh, you know, he he talked about the value of this one-time tax credit, uh, but really was pushing for something that would be more long-term to support the rising cost of living overall, more than just a one-time tax credit. Do you think that's feasible uh, given that uh, there are a number of vacancies that still need to be filled? There's a number of uh, services, of course, that are required of the city uh, government and operations beyond just this maybe one-time credit. Is this something that we could foresee moving forward as uh, beyond just this one-time event, but something more long-term? I think I think we can look at it. You know, some of our um, good example, we have a um, low income tax credit that requires a filing annually. But to qualify for this credit, uh, the combined income uh, of a household based on, you know, the the individuals that are on the deed, you know, listed on the deed, they're the owners of the home, uh, cannot exceed uh, $60,000. That that income limit has been in place for years. I think I think from 2014, 
if I recall right, and it hasn't changed. So we could look at increasing that limit, but we have to be very careful. And, um, uh, you know, we, uh, to your point, there are um, vacancies that we have to fill. And on top of that, you know, even, even if um, our vacancies uh, remain on hold, you know, in terms of amount, we have pay increases that are going to kick in from fiscal 24 to fiscal 25. Uh, and those pay increases are significant. Uh, you know, we're looking at um, salaries and benefits related tied to salaries, uh, creating a combined increase in what we're going to have to fund in FY25 of $160 million. So that's a, that's a huge number we're going to have to fund. We also have rail that um, we're going to learn more on as we uh, start interim operations uh, on June 30th. You know, we're going to start accumulating information on not just the operating um, characteristics, but also, um, you know, our costs, our operating costs. And we're going to have a better feel as to uh, what it's going to cost um, going forward to operate rail. So you're right. Um, there's, there's increased costs on one side of the equation in terms of tax relief on the revenue side. We, we can look at various um, options, you know, in providing relief, but we're going to have to be, um, I think, careful and deliberate and um, be, um, be mindful that we have, we have costs to cover going forward. Yeah, I think there has been a lot of discussion about this, you know, the property tax valuation skyrocketing, you know, over the last few years. And, and there are many homeowners who are just overall concerned uh, that this could continue to increase over time uh, and thus maybe looking for something more long term. Uh, do you think that um, homeowners should be worried about the continuing rise uh, at such a rapid rate right now? And, and what are some of the things that the city is doing to just navigate that, knowing that this could be a continued increase, uh, something that, of course, the city doesn't control, but like, with these valuations continue to go up, uh, how do you manage and find that balance? We're working, I'll talk about the future later, but we're working closely with um, the council member team and uh, council members uh, a few weeks ago set up a permitted interaction group to, to review and discuss, um, you know, tax relief going forward. And this is beyond uh, fiscal year 2024 and um, review we we um, we were invited to participate with them and uh, we uh, reviewed more than 30 bills um, that are, are active that that could impact real property taxes uh, the bills were categorized by um, uh, credits you know tax credits uh, they were grouped by um, uh, situations that involve um, homeowners exemption and the amount of the exemption. Uh, we looked at the group of bills that uh, involve um, other types of exemptions, dedications uh, to homeowner taxpayers. And then finally, we looked at bills that uh, consider restructuring, uh, you know, the tax classification uh, system that's used, uh, you know, to, um, to, to, um, you know, assess and, you um, uh, determine, um, you know, tax valuations for all of our taxpayers on the island. So we went, we went through a first round of um, discussions with um, council members. Uh, they met on their own in the final meeting, and and I thought the discussions went well. And and you know, we have a plan, and uh, there are some um, changes that are going to be proposed um, during. Um, the third reading of our budget bill this Wednesday on the 7th. And uh, we, and there was talk of um, 
having more joint discussions in a second permitted interaction group uh, later in the year to talk about the, the tax classification system and our other larger issues, uh, including um, relief for long-term renters. Uh, and again, Ryan, you know, as, as I mentioned, uh, our costs to uh, continue city services are going to go up, uh, you know, in the future. And, and uh, you know, we, we're going to have to, you know, go through uh, this process of discussing uh, permanent relief uh, very deliberately uh, and understand that we still have to fund government and services that we provide to the public. Another issue that we had just uh, kind of uh, breezed over but want to get back to was capital improvement projects. And, and th that's obviously a big part of the budget. Uh, and those discussions are continuing to move forward over what sort of takes precedence and what actually gets funded within that CIP budget. Uh, what are some of the larger ticket items that the mayor is really advocating for as these discussions come down to the wire here over what project gets, uh, gets funded? Uh, what are some of those things that the mayor is hoping to advocate for and see get approved by the council? Okay, so the mayor's approved uh, capital improvements uh, budget for FY24, fiscal year 2024, uh, totaled about $1.1 billion. So when we when we issued the proposed budget early in March, it was at $1.1 billion. About half of that amount relates to sanitation projects. So wastewater, solid waste, mostly wastewater. As you know, the um, city has uh, consent decree requirements to upgrade um, our uh, plant, our uh, water uh, filtration plant uh, and um, catchment systems. And we have a number of uh, projects working on that. Uh, you know, we have to go to um, stage two treatment before uh, letting, uh, you know, treated wastewater out into the ocean. Uh, so the, the big focus area, uh, first of all, would be uh, the Sand Island Treatment Center. And then um, at the same time, Hono Uli Uli. And then we have other treatment facilities around this island that um, also um, require, um, you know, investment and, um, you know, upgrade. So that's half the budget going to sanitation. Uh, one of the mayor's um, focal areas working with um, our state partners is to um, increase the uh, um, housing inventory with a focus on affordable housing. So the mayor included a proposal of $100 million to, um, you know, acquire, develop, construct um, more affordable housing units on this island. And um, council members support it, and uh, uh, they um, have uh, actually introduced um, additional monies uh, in their amendments that are going to be, um, you know, reviewed uh, on Wednesday. So, you know, there's a possibility that, um, strong possibility that the mayor's um, $100 million could be doubled up, uh, uh, along with some additional funding uh, for, you um, homeless sheltering and other homeless wraparound services uh, for those in need. Another thing that we briefly, you briefly discussed and touched upon was the rail and just looking at that and how that will impact the city budget moving forward uh, with interim service, as you said, starting next month. Uh, how are you crafting that budget? What are you looking towards in terms of operational costs for this and how adding this, uh, of course, long awaited program and service will uh, potentially impact the budget moving forward and, and all future budgets moving forward of, of including this within uh, the budget and the operating expenses? Again, it's going to be a learning process. Um, some of the budget, um, 
it will include um, buying more buses uh, and, and, and uh, start to um, uh, electrify the bus fleet that we have. Uh, so we're looking at electric um, battery run buses. Uh, we're also going to um, invest in Handyvan. And um, part of the reason why is not only to um, uh, modernize uh, an aging fleet, but also to ensure that we have uh, good service uh, at the interim uh, stop that we have uh, from June 30 on. So the, the, the rail will operate from uh, Kapolei to uh, Aloha Stadium initially. So we're going to need, um, you know, timely bus pickup to get um, passengers to their uh, destination. Uh, so we, we need to make sure we have that in place. Uh, in addition to that, um, we're going to assess how rail impacts bus usage, you know, along the rail line and make adjustments to uh, uh, bus routes, frequency, and so on, as we have, uh, you know, more information on that. So you're right, um, rail will impact transit. Um, there's uh, going to be, um, you know, a learning period where we um, analyze how bus, handy van, uh, rail work together and, you know, the impacts they have uh, on those uh, core services that we provide. And uh, it, it's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting going forward. Uh, another thing that kind of made headlines recently is, is Chair Waters also is urging the administration to provide hazard pay for city employees who work during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, that compensation, as you said, could include up to $13 per hour for essential work. Uh, have you had this discussion with the mayor and, and what do you think of this proposal and any impact that it may have uh, on the city's finances? Well, we don't have final numbers yet. Uh, we, we understand that Maui is in the process of settling on the hazard pay issue. And, uh, you know, as a result, uh, the mayor and uh, his administration have decided that, um, you know, we're going to move forward looking at a settlement. But, um, you know, we haven't gone through all of the calculations yet. That's going to be upcoming. Uh, it's, it's, it's probably going to be expensive and uh, may uh, require um, payment over more than a year, uh, may require a multiple year payout, uh, and uh, it may require using, you know, other forms of payment other than uh, compensation. You know, one of the things that uh, we always bring up with the mayor and he always likes to talk about is just the vacant city positions and the uh, important it is to importance uh, these positions have to filling basic operations for city government. Um, and, and we briefly talked about this earlier, but I'm wondering if we can circle back to some of those vacant positions. I mean, how are you leveraging uh, this budget and as you're crafting this, looking at, uh, as you said, pay increases to maybe make things more appealing for some of these positions, if there's ways to consolidate some of these vacant positions to save money, how do you factor all of those variables in when looking at the need of trying to fill the, these vacant positions as positions and the impact that it has directly on the community? Uh, we're looking at we're looking at all different um, options to adjust, you know, address the problem. Uh, the first thing we had to do was, um, you know, assess our needs, and we do that. Uh, on a department by department basis. Uh, we looked at our processes uh, working uh, with my department, Budget and Fiscal Services and Department of Human Resources to, to ensure that um, our approval process, uh, our, um, our process of getting a um, list of candidates to departments for hiring 
uh, and the interview and selection processes are, are being done more efficiently because um, as the mayor mentioned earlier in his interviews, on average, is, it was taking uh, approximately six months to hire uh, employees from, from you know, the approval process to the very end, bringing people on board and onboarding. And, uh, you know, our goal is to uh, cut that time in half. You know, it seems like it's still a long time. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we're a government operation and there are a lot of rules and laws that we have to comply with. And, um, you know, we're working through that to, to shorten the time because if you take too long, uh, people are going to find jobs elsewhere and, uh, you know, we lose out at the end. So we're, we're looking at that. We're looking at um, how we recruit, where we recruit, um, looking at using uh, more social media uh, uh, approaches to uh, making the outreach to possible job candidates and looking at organizations and, uh, you know, working with the University of Hawaii and uh, other local universities like Chaminade and HPU to do recruiting for the city. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, we've um, uh, had to embrace the fact that um, during the pandemic, uh, even before that, um, a lot of um, experienced city employees retired or, or left uh, the city, uh, took a lot of institutional knowledge uh, along the way. And uh, we're in the process of um, of uh, you know filling positions that are that are needed so that we can carry out uh, services uh, effectively uh, for you know to to serve the public. So it's it's going to be um, you know there's no silver bullet. It's going to take um, effort by you know everyone involved, and uh, it's going to take it's going to take a number of years to address it. It will not happen overnight. You know we're not going to fill those vacancies overnight. It's going to take a number of years. Um, to, to uh, you know, to make a significant dent in terms of where we are. You know, we only have a few moments left, but just wanted to end by, of course, I know that you're trying to wrap things up with this budget and, and then beginning to look forward already to next year and, and crafting that budget. Uh, and as you look forward to the future and the next few years, I'm wondering if you can speak to just what we're seeing with the economic forecasts and projections, of course, by the Council of Revenues and taking in all those factors. I mean, what do you think the approach will be as you begin to formulate and think about the next uh, budget moving forward? Well, you know, um, as I talk to our, our budget team, we're definitely concerned about the interest rate um, situation, you know, across the nation. You know, inf uh, inflation is still sticky. Uh, there has been improvement from last year, uh, but, um, you know, we're not at where we have to be. And as you, as you listen to... Um, uh, the various news outlets and uh, listen to, uh, you know, people in the know on the mainland and, uh, you know, the, um, the, the government, uh, you know, the Fed and, and so on. Uh, there's probably not going to be decreases as we thought perhaps a few months ago, you know, in terms of um, reductions. Uh, interest rates are probably going to be high. So the impact or higher so the impact uh, for the rest of this year and probably into next year is that um, I, I, you know, we're thinking that um, real property taxes and more specifically the uh, assessments that we uh, come up with next year will probably not increase like they have uh, in during the past uh, two years and uh, will in effect um, flatten out uh, maybe to the historical average, which has been about 5%. Uh, per year. 
uh, or even perhaps even lower. So we, we know that um, uh, the increases probably, you know, we can't read forecast the future will probably be a lot less or maybe, uh, maybe uh, you know, there could be, you know, a flattening per se. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, and with the fact that we know that our expenses are going to increase, you know, we talked about um, pay increases, benefit increases. Uh, we're going to be in the final year of the last uh, collective bargaining um, settlement uh, that we um, we uh, agreed to just a few years ago. You know, gosh, uh, we're going to have to uh, start a new period again soon uh, for collective bargaining. But going from fiscal year 2024 to 25, the final year of collective bargaining increases kick in. So we're going to have to uh, factor that in. You brought up um, hazard pay. Uh, you know, there is... Um, there's a need for more public safety. We we get that kind of feedback, uh, not just not just on land on Oahu, but around you know all of our shores. Water safety uh, officers, lifeguards, um, are being um, asked uh, to um, you know set up stations in in areas not covered. So we there's all of this the, this um, continued request for uh, services. So we're going to have to balance that with. Um, you know, revenue projections that we get our hands around as we, um, you know, move into uh, fiscal year 24. Well, we know that this is a very busy time for you. And so we really appreciate you just taking time to give us an update on where things are at uh, and look forward to future discussions once the budget gets finalized and we can maybe go through some of the more details uh, with you and the mayor. But uh, Honolulu Budget and Fiscal Services Director Andy Kwana, thanks so much for joining me this morning. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you again for having me. Aloha. Well, great to hear from them and get uh, him and get an update on where things stand with the city budget. We covered a lot of things, including the entire process and where things are at right now. You heard from him that uh, there are going to be some major decisions that will be made by the council on Wednesday that could really determine some of the still looming issues or some of the looming uh, agreements that have yet to be finalized with this budget. A large part of that includes that one time proposed tax credit. Uh, the mayor had initially suggested $300. You heard from the director this morning saying that the council is pushing forth uh, and moving forward with a potential idea of adding $50 to that. So $350 uh, to expand that. That discussions would also uh, have to be approved and will be discussed in those conversations. Uh, we also talked about just the long-term tax relief and some of the things and efforts and plans to go beyond just this one-time tax credit, but looking for other options. And uh, you heard the director say there that they are thinking and have been having discussions with council members to look how they can uh, find relief for homeowners who have been seeing some of those property valuations skyrocket over the last few years and really try to get a handle on how things are going uh, there. We also heard from him, of course, the capital improvement project, CIP, always a big part of the city budget. And you heard from uh, Director Kawano there about some of the uh, issues and some of the things that they'll continue to have to also finalize in this council meeting on Wednesday, but that a large portion of the CIP budget, which was $1.1 billion uh, as part of the mayor's initial uh, budget that he proposed, half of that will be going towards uh, wastewater treatment, of course, and, and that important. So a large portion of that budget will be going uh, towards directly that issue, but also noting that there are other things, of course, affordable housing continues to be an issue uh, that is also included within that CIP budget. And we also heard from him about how rail will impact this budget moving forward. Of course, the interim service of the rail line getting started in July. And so discussions are already happening on how they will need to support uh, the rail, including more electric buses that are being added to the fleet, handy vans, 
And this will help to, of course, move people as this interim service will end at Aloha Stadium to continue that transportation efforts into town until the full rail is done. And so finding additional funding for those types of services. Uh, but you heard from the director there also noting that there are increases that are going to be happening within the city budget, not only for some of these vacancies to make them more attractive, but also because of pay raises that the city is required to fulfill in the next year, which will all add up uh, as they continue to craft this budget moving forward. Uh, he also said this hazard pay pr proposal for COVID-19 employees of the city could also have a significant impact on the budget. And so we'll have to wait and see how things pan out there at Honolulu Hale. And moving forward, we'll continue to keep you posted on what's happening there with the final budget. On Wednesday, we're switching gears. We're going to be talking to two real estate experts who are going to give us a little bit of an update on where things stand in Hawaii's real estate market. Of course, some of the interest rates really impacting sales as well as what buyers are comfortable with right now. We're going to take a look at both the residential and commercial side to see how things are shaping up thus far here in the middle of 2023. We look forward to seeing you here on Wednesday for another episode of Spotlight Hawaii. Aloha.